You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcasts. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listener, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In today's episode, we have Jocelyn Castillo, who is a Trio alum of the Student Support Services Program at Idaho State University. Jocelyn is on the podcast to talk about her educational journey, her trio experience, and looking to the future as a dentist. So coming up in just a bit, Jocelyn Castillo. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Vialpando, Rosario Riley, Dr. Ryan Barone, Dr. Jamie Motley, Angelica Valdez, Jaded Electronics, TrioJobList.com, Nosotros Education Center, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. You too can be a sponsor of the podcast. Head on over to Patreon and search for Let's Talk Trio. Choose one of four patron levels. You can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. If you own a business and would like to run an ad on our podcast, send us a message at letstalktrio at gmail.com. Become a supporter with a one-time donation to the podcast PayPal account. Our business handle is at Let's Talk Trio, all words together. Again, that is at Let's Talk Trio. Any amount is truly appreciated. If you would like to nominate a participant, staff, or alumni to be on the podcast, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Again, a great episode featuring Jocelyn Castillo, TRIO alum of the Student Support Services Program at Idaho State University. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Four, three, two, one. Hi, Trio Nation. My guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast is a graduate of Idaho State University in 2022 with a double bachelor's in health science and Spanish for health professions. Our guest is currently a student at Crichton University School of Dentistry. Their hobbies include spending time with family and friends, hiking, trying new foods, event planning, and watching Korean dramas. 
Welcome to the podcast, Jocelyn Castillo. Jocelyn, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Juan. I'm really, really excited uh, to be here with you today and super grateful for the opportunity to have been invited to come and chat with you and, and with everyone. Absolutely. We're so happy to have you. We're very proud to have you on this podcast. Now, uh, you recently moved. Uh, we were talking a little before the show. You had moved to Omaha. How was that experience? Yeah, so I, as of yesterday, I've been here for a whole week. And so, I mean, originally I'm from Idaho. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. Um, so definitely a different change from Idaho to Omaha. I feel like a lot of people might get confused and think I'm from Iowa since it's so close to, to Nebraska, but it's been good. Everyone here has been incredibly kind. I had heard a lot about the Midwest hospitality and it's definitely a real thing. I can totally attest to that now. Um, everyone here is so welcoming and kind and I don't know. It's, it's a change, but but I think it's going to be a good one. That's very good. Very, very good. And um, yeah, so how how is your uh, how is everything in Omaha? How are you liking it? Good environment. Uh, are you enjoying it out there? Yeah, yeah. The humidity is a change. It's very dry back home. Mm -hmm. And so the humidity is going to be an adjustment. I think it's only supposed to get worse from here. They're like, oh, it's mild right now. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking it'll be fine. It'll be a change. And I start classes for my second year of, of dental school on Monday. So we have a summer session. Yeah. So it's been kind of crazy getting everything ready, getting um, back in Idaho. We'll talk maybe a little bit about the layout of the program I'm in um, further on. But it's basically... Yeah, just getting a lot of things ready to integrate fully into a class of 115 when before I was with only seven other people. Right. And so it's been a big change. Um, it's going to be a big change. So just getting everything ready for classes and getting my scrubs and my ID and all these things in a new environment. It's a little bit nerve wracking, a little bit, um, yeah. but but very grateful. I think I'm, I'm very fortunate to be here. And I think gratefulness is just one of the biggest emotions I feel right now. So, That's so awesome. good. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about yourself, Jocelyn. What, what, what are you about? What's, what are you uh, hoping to do while you're on Omaha? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I am the oldest in a family of all girls. I have only sisters, no brothers, um, my mom and dad are Abel and Margarita Castillo. And so they live in Idaho, like with the rest of my family. And they immigrated here from Mexico. Um, we lived for a little bit in like the Illinois, like Chicago area. And then we moved to Idaho when I was super young. So Idaho is, is home for me. I've been there since I was three. And both of them work in agriculture. And so um, I've had that like as part of my bringing a lot. I think it's shaped a lot of my habits and perspective on life and also kind of been a motivation for why I want to pursue the career I'm, I'm pursuing right now. And yeah, I'm just I think I'm someone who enjoys learning, enjoys learning about school, about stuff, but also enjoys learning about life. I think I'm about to turn 23 in like a couple weeks and I think about what is one thing people always make lists of like things they've learned in their lives and I'm like honestly if I could shorten it down to one thing what is one thing I've learned I'm I think life I'm like I'm slowly learning to become like me to become Jocelyn and like define who she is and so I think I do that through learning learning about other people about things and so I think I'm a learner awesome yeah. I like that description so a learner that's awesome yeah. um 
for the audience, uh, Dosalina and I connected via uh, recommendation, actually, through Idaho State University's TRIO program. Uh, you know uh, Maurice Pittman. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Maurice. He connected us uh, because he encouraged me to reach out to you. And that's how I was able to uh, connect with you. Uh, so it's really wild how uh, via recommendations and social media, people can connect. I 100% agree. I also believe that Maurice knows someone in like every state like in the country really? I feel like he's just so well connected <laughs> and he really is he is he's amazing I think he actually wasn't my my trio advisor but like I feel like I will talk about maybe my also my um participation in the program but he has been so influential in my life um, not just as a student but personally he's an amazing support system um, so yeah, shout out to Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in your introduction, we got to talk a little bit about uh, the things that you're you're into. You're into hiking. So kind of curious about hiking, how you got into that, but also the foods and Korean drama, because I now are really curious, like, how did that start for you? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up, I mean, growing up in Idaho, there's a lot of outdoor stuff to do. Um, but I wasn't super like my family. I feel like a lot of these sports a lot of immigrant families don't, not that they don't make time for them, mm -hmm. but they view them as not as important as other things. The important things are at work and getting ready for the next week of work mm -hmm. and spending time with family. So like, um, yeah, I didn't get into hiking until probably around COVID. A couple of my friends and I like, were like, let's go on a camping trip um, and let's go hiking. And that's kind of where it started. And it's, um, grown into finally buying a pair of hiking shoes and buying a sleeping bag and you know getting into it little by little but it's been super fun it's a good way to stay active and and see a lot of pretty places in in the world I think um yeah and Korean dramas also a COVID thing uh I had a yeah I had a friend who was just like oh you should check them out I think you'd like them um, and I think all of my hobbies have to do, a lot of them have to do with just being, again, a learner. I want to be exposed to different things. I think one of the best ways that we can, um, I don't know, become a better person is to learn about other people and their perspective and what better way than to like consume their entertainment or try their cuisine, things like that. That's amazing. I feel like you're that learning aspect of yourself really uh, goes into a lot of the areas that uh, you're really passionate about or really continue to learn. So that's amazing. Thank you. So what is a goal that you have accomplished so far that you're like really proud of? Yeah, well, I think the most recent one will be having completed my first year of dental school. I It went by so fast. I really, I can't even... Yeah, I just blink, I blinked and like it was, it was gone. And wow. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just a year full of like learning a lot about teeth, but also learning a lot about myself. And um, I don't know, grad school is hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, can and then, yeah, it's so hard. And as a first generation, like Latina going into a very, I think I checked the stats the other day, less than 5% of dentists are Latinos. Mm -hmm. And then an even smaller percentage are female. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that coming in, but it's definitely still something that I'm like, this is hard. Like I see, uh, and I, I don't see a lot of people that look like me in the field that I'm pursuing. And so I learned a lot about, you know, how do you process these emotions of loneliness at times and of, yeah, feeling a little bit 
alone in certain ways. All right, right on. So definitely we are all rooting for you. Uh, absolutely for you to, you know, do the, do your thing. So that that's amazing. Um, what is the goal that you have yet to accomplish? Yet to accomplish. Ooh, I think I'm still on this academic like mindset right now, you know, <laughs> so it would have to be to graduate um, dental school here in okay. three more years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the next big goal, I think, in, in my life is, is academic, just because it's kind of a, a lot of what my life is right now is, is school still. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't mind me then rehashing some of these two questions and asking, if you could just have an outside look of academics and say, what are your personal, what's a personal goal that you've accomplished and a personal goal that you have yet to accomplish? Ooh, that's going to really show <laughs> how obsessed I am with school or how sick I am by academics. Um, okay, well, it wasn't necessarily this year, but it was it was last year. It was like last summer. So maybe can we count it as in like the last year from like last? Okay, I think my biggest goal that I, like the, the coolest goal that I accomplished was probably, um, I went on this really long hike in at Glacier National Park in Montana. Um, it was really long in my book. It was like 15 miles. Oh wow. And that was awesome. Um, and so what goal do I have yet to accomplish? I think it's a goal in my life to do at least one of these big long hikes every summer and to go on one camping oh. trip. So I don't know if that's like a goal, but I think oh, I definitely can... that is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you graduated not too long ago from Idaho State University in 2022. Um what have you been up to since graduation? Now, obviously, you're in dental school, but can you give us a little glimpse into your life post-graduation? Yeah, oh, that was honestly the summer after graduating. So before starting dental school, that was like the best summer of my life, I think. I knew fully, I was fully aware that I was going to be, you know, jumping into a very heavy course load and stressful environment with school. And so I really wanted to to live it up, I guess you could say, that summer and immediately after graduating, I went back to Chicago for the first time since like moving to Idaho. And so that was super exciting. Um, again, getting to see like um, the city, something that you don't see in Idaho. There's not huge cities back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting to reconnect with family that I hadn't seen in like 18 years was awesome. Um, just spending time and being able to, I don't know, appreciate where one comes from and their roots and um yeah super awesome great conversations good food good food out there yeah and um what else did I do I did a lot of hiking that summer back home and then uh did camping and then I think my favorite part of the summer it was all good but I was able to work for as a tutor mentor for a biology class um in trios UB UBMS program with high school students and I think, and here I am wrapping it back to dental school, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it was super important for me to to be in that position right before I started school because I was stressed, I was scared, I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to, to make it, um, but seeing those students talk about like their academic goals and dreams and all those things reminded me like, hey, like you were literally in their position like five to six years ago. And even though what you're feeling now is a little scary, like this is exactly where you want it to be. Yeah. And so again, allowed me to to feel grounded before going into this new environment. Um, and so that was one of my favorite parts was all those students that I got to meet and work with. That's awesome. 
So talk to us a little bit about your journey through life. What was life like for you growing up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so as I previously mentioned, both of my parents, I don't know if I mentioned this, but they're involved in agriculture. They work on farms and it's what they've always done um, since we moved to Idaho. And so I really, I really can't remember um, a time when my parents weren't up like by 530. I feel like they've always been early risers and like come home whenever the work is done. Mm. And so I think life for me growing up was I always had this example of hard work in front of me and maybe similar to a lot of other um, immigrant families. But I think as I reflect a lot and as I was preparing for this interview, I thought, why am I, how did that impact the way I am today? Because I mean, inevitably, like my upbringing, you know, it impacts the way we we are as adults in some way or another, whether positive or negative. Absolutely. And I think because of the way my parents were and are, I've never been afraid to to pursue what I want to pursue. I've never been afraid or um, I never complain about things, about working hard. Um, obviously, farm work is hard. Um, it's um, laborious. And so, um, but never did my parents, I mean, yes, they would complain about like pains and and like actual physical pains, but they were, they would always follow up with, but we're so grateful we have a job. We're so grateful we're able to mm-hmm. provide food. We're so grateful. Like there was always this um, attitude of thankfulness. And so they never complained or were afraid to work hard. And so that I think has really allowed me to be like, okay, whatever role or position I'm given, I'm going to do it and I'm going to follow through with it. So that was like life working, you know, growing up. Um, But also I think my parents were very good about nurturing us to to believe in ourselves. I realize now, you know, especially after having friends for a couple of years from different groups, different backgrounds, that I'm very lucky to have um, both a mom and a dad that support my educational like goals and desires. Um, never once was my want to go on to like a higher education and um post-grad stuff like that was never questioned by my parents um you know the money thing was never like an issue my parents would actually defend me in front of like family friends not defend me but like make like fight for my case it'd be like oh friends would ask how are you guys going to pay for that oh well she'll figure it out like we'll figure it out somehow we always have and yeah they never brought that to my attention as oh that's going to stop you they were like no like you'll figure it out there's ways to do it um so I'd like to describe my upbringing as nurturing and, and um, encouraging. Again, encouraging is just um, the words that I would use. They've been very good. And um, yeah, just awesome parents that have taught me a lot. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. How would your family describe you? Yeah, I think they would describe me. My mom, before I left, so I'm, I'm the oldest. I'm the first one to leave home which was really hard. And especially coming from like yeah. a, yeah, like a, a Mexican household, like my mom was very sad and I was really sad to see her sad. Mm. Um, but she told me before I left, she's like, you're really brave. And that really like, cause she would kept asking me for like a month leading up to my big move. Like, how do you feel? Are you comfortable? Do you think you'll be okay? Like, I think her worries were also coming out, you know? Um, and yeah, she told me you're really brave. And I was like, oh, yeah. She's like, that meant a lot. Cause I'm like, geez, like, I think they're so brave, you know, coming to a a country where, and like a lot of, you know, all the immigrants that come here, like coming to a country where um, you don't know the language, the culture, you don't have any friends, you have to do all these big things by yourself. I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, like, yeah. It meant a lot. 
it meant a lot hearing like being told that I was brave by someone who I think is incredibly courageous like yeah. so I think he described me as brave that's awesome what was your attitude towards school? Now we kind of have an idea because you said this is the area you really excelled in. You really love school, but what was your attitude towards school? Yeah, I think when I was going over this question, I thought a lot about, um, you know, kindergarten. I was in the ESL, like those ESL programs for a couple of oh. years when I first started um, school because my first language at home was Spanish. Um, thankfully, my parents were very good about um, making sure that we we learned Spanish and we kept it. Um and I remember all the kids in kindergarten would only go half a day. And then I would, I, along with some other classmates would have to stay the entire day because we didn't know um, English as well. But those days were so fun. I'm sure they were, they were filled with academic stuff, but I just remember like being in love with school because we got to fly kites and color and all the fun things. And then come first grade, I started to, you know, pick up reading and I, I was really lucky to have teachers in my life and people in the school that were like, oh, this little girl likes reading and she's interested in it. And we didn't have books at home. Again, not because my parents didn't support that, but because they didn't know that that was going to let me improve my reading. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of um, parents want what's best for their kid, but sometimes they don't know what that looks like. And so um they would send me home with books from the school and we'd have a library in the library. And I still remember her, Mrs. Jones, she would um, recommend books to me and like always invested in my curiosity for reading. She was like, Oh, like, here you go. And like made me feel special. And so I felt encouraged to come back again and ask for another book and for another book. Um, And so my attitude towards school, I think was really shaped by those first couple of years um, in school. I was, um, I mean, school was fine. Like I, there wasn't really competitiveness or you could call it like an academic world. Like there wasn't really like, Oh, not yet. I think that came later on of like, oh, I want to excel at the grades. Um, but I think there was like this, um, want to continue to learn and just curiosity naturally of like, Oh, what is this? I like this. I love reading. And I think that was like, the foundation for a lot of what was going to be built um, in the next couple of years. So I liked it. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, talk to us about your time in elementary school. I know we kind of reflect a little bit on that, but uh, what, what was that like for you? Yeah. Uh, so academically, I think it was just full of a lot of um, those moments of, oh, I love school. I love learning new things. And overall pretty positive experiences with the teachers that I had um but sometimes I I come and I think and I'm like was it because I was such like I always had I think like people pleasing tendencies I still kind of have them um I think my mom was always like we have to be good kids and stuff and so sometimes I like to think on the education system and I'm like was I treated well because I was like a good kid is that why I have these I thought a lot about these things I don't know you see a lot of things come up on the media and you're like oh like I feel bad for my classmates sometimes that maybe um had different experiences um I don't know I I think a lot about those things but elementary school was good for me um and academically socially I think a lot back to those times now and I feel sad I feel sad for little Jocelyn because um I grew up in a really rural part of of Idaho Mm -hmm. and so the Latino community was present but it was definitely not like huge and oftentimes I found myself being the only like 
first like student of color in my classes, like the only girl um, that was like of a different color than, than other than white. And so I think um, I remember, and I didn't feel like isolated because at that age, I feel like, you know, kids are kids and they're very accepting of each other and very kind. And honestly, a really good example to what maybe we should be towards each other right. as adults. Um, but I remember, I don't know, I think there were little thoughts in little Jocelyn's head of like, oh, I wish my mom would do my hair like this. She would always braid it. Um, and I remember hating that. I was like, I want my hair down. I want my hair curled or, or things like that. I wanted to wear the same dresses as the little girls. Um, I remember, I remember morning, like days when there's a picture that I have of me. Um, it was like a Christmas concert that we were all having and all the little, and my parents were working all the time. And so I don't get totally mad at them. I'm like, I understand, but like all the kids' parents got the memo that their kids had to dress up all nice and all the little girls showed up in their best dresses and my parents did not get the memo and I remember showing up and like I don't know just like little moments like that where I was like man like little Jocelyn I know wished her parents had been more present in different ways um but I don't I think now that I'm older like I don't view it as like oh I'm mad at my parents like why didn't they know this? Like they were just trying to get established in a whole different environment than the one they had been in before, like a couple years ago. Um, but I think a lot of my thoughts socially, like as a little kid or like about my environment, were like, I want to be like the other kids so bad. Like I want, I didn't appreciate where I came from for a long time. Mm -hmm. I viewed it as almost like a, like a disadvantage or like weakness, like, oh, um, yeah, I, I didn't like the way that I stood out from people. I thought that that was a bad thing. And I just wanted to like be part of the group, get what they were all doing, like feel included in all the ways. Mm -hmm. um, and it's taken a lot of like healing and like therapy sessions um, to be able to come around to like, hey, like it's okay. Like actually those things were good. And without those things, you wouldn't have the passion that you have for your career or your future career or like, your perspective on life, your hopefully compassion that you, you know, that you show towards other people, like none of that would be possible if you didn't come from where you come from. And so definitely a huge change in, in my perspective on all those things. But I feel bad for little Jocelyn that didn't like herself for a long time. So, yeah. Um, in, in that kind of transition then uh, to this next question, uh, did that impact or did that give any sort of like a shape to what you wanted to be or what you aspired to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of <laughs> I see these memes on on social media all the time. Like a lot of immigrant parents are like, okay, I want my kid to be like a lawyer, a doctor, or like you know all these like. There's like right. a list of what a lot of yeah. And so the first thing that I can remember wanting to be was like in fifth grade, I wanted to be a lawyer or some sort of like politician. I wanted to be the first female president. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, you still could. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I that's the and after that was dentist, and here we are. And so I don't remember anything before that, but yeah, I think I'm really grateful. Little Jocelyn was like super, like a go getter. Like she always mm -hmm. dreamed big, and again, wasn't afraid of. She, I probably didn't know how long it took to become any of these things, but I don't know. I think. 
there was that like fearlessness of like, oh yeah, I can do that. And then also a commitment to want to serve others. I remember that being a motivation of like, oh, I want to be able to help people. You know, um, a lot of immigration laws were a big part of my life growing up. And so it's like, oh, like I want to be able to help other people. And um, so, yeah, I think those were the two big motivators for why I wanted to be a lawyer or the first female president. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you still you, you still have 13 years to decide because uh, you officially run for president in thir- in, when you're 36. So you still have some time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the transition like to middle school for you? Yeah. So middle school, I think I, I think back to it and it's I, the environment where, you know, cliques start to be formed and um academics I feel like start to matter a little bit more so grades become more important right. or things like that the the social environment changes a lot right um I think it's one of the toughest ages um for a person to go through it's so awkward and well actually I don't think it's as awkward anymore I see some of the kids on the internet and they're like 10 and super stylish and I'm like what the heck <laughs> they're totally <laughs> skipping over that part that it's not I mean good for them good for them but I'm like wow it's changing up. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you were to reflect on my middle school years, we our fashion was super outdated compared to you all. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. Some of the things my mom made me wear, I was like, oh no. Um, but the transition to middle school, it was it was good. I started to realize, oh, like I actually really like school, and I think I'm good at it. Like, yeah, I I have a an easy time, not easy time, but like learning was was fun for me and so I was very engaged in class I liked asking questions um I never loved math but like I was good at math and I loved English English was one of my favorite subjects and Mm -hmm. so school was beginning to to become more like oh like and I liked getting good grades something that I feel like has been both good and bad just because it I think sometimes leads to maybe an unhealthy um like habit of not being able to mess up or have mistakes. It leads to like, I think unhealthy habits at times that yeah. mindset, like, Oh, good grades, good grades. Um, But I, I liked those things. And socially again, the awkwardness um, and a little bit of like, I remember being like, like a floater sometimes in the groups, oh, like wow. never feel. Yeah. Like I would float from one group to the other, like the clicks that were being made. I was trying to find my, I guess my group, you could say in middle school, I didn't really know where, quite where I fit in. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I didn't find a solid group of friends until like, until I was like probably like uh, maybe in eighth grade or high school, like it was hard, not because they weren't nice, but just I felt like I couldn't really share um, who I was. I couldn't talk about my family or I felt like I, not that I couldn't, I felt like I wasn't going to be received in the way that I wanted to. And I didn't feel like I could. Um, and so socially, I mean, it was awkward, a little lonely, mm-hmm. but I was starting to become labeled as the smart kid, which, oh. yes, like one of the smart kids, you know, like you were placed in that like I feel like sometimes you gain these I was in a very small school district so like you gain like some of these labels I think young in Mm -hmm. in the grades and it kind of sticks with you and that was again both good and bad both good and bad because I was like oh like um yeah I'll I'll be the smart kid but I think that that led me to only associate with like certain people in the class 
Um, and honestly, it led to and only further fed this feeling of like, oh, in order to be accepted by this new group, I have to like change who I am. I can't because a lot of the group was a certain demographic that I was not like. And so it's like, oh, let me change who I am a little bit. Let me not talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I talk about that label as the smart kid, not to be like, oh, I was a smart kid. But as a like, man, I really let this label define who I was. Um not just academically, but also like in my personality, like hmm. I, I feel like I almost suppressed like a part of my culture. Like hmm, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was the other like Hispanic kids in class and my class would be like, oh, she thinks she's better than us because she's doing this. Oh, or, like, no. yeah. Like and so like, yeah, I feel like that was the beginning of it. And, um, Thankfully, college brought a lot of good relationships. And I think a, a reconnection with like um, my my culture that like I never lost Spanish, you know, thankfully, yeah. like, I never lost that. But I think it brought like a reconnection to all those things that I'm very, very, very grateful for. But yeah, middle school was, was good and tough at the same time. Now that I think back on it. Absolutely. I think a lot of students have different experiences with it. I think for the majority, the the folks that I've interviewed anyways, the, the major theme is cringy, that it was a, a very awkward at time, as you said, to be transitioning from elementary to middle school and having those very kind of awkward moments, but also realizing, right, uh, I like what you brought up in, in your point about whether or not you were suppressing culture and, and trying to fit in, because I definitely uh, relate to that as well, uh, growing up and, and trying to find your niche, trying to find your group. Uh, was definitely a struggle. Um, also, I heard you say you were the oldest, so I had to find give you a quick shout out because I'm also the oldest in my family. So, <laughs> quick shout out to the oldest. Uh, we're the best. Um, <laughs> it, it is a tough role because you're you're shaping kind of the the role for your family. You're shaping uh, one being a trailblazer, being a person that's you know ahead of things uh, supposedly, and then they're expect they're counting on you on leadership, right? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I feel like I was always like the little representative of the Castillo family. Like you (laughs) you had to represent. And so, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Hear you 100% on that. Um, Did you develop any interest or extracurricular activities, uh, interest in any extracurricular activities while you were in middle school? Yeah, it was tough. Again, like my parents were like, oh, school is super good. You're doing good in school. Good job. Um, but they didn't know that extracurricular activities were also good to do and kind of mm, fun. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't really let me get involved super oh, much yeah. in school. Um, they did let me like um, play like the vi- I got involved in like orchestra. So I played the violin okay. for a few years um, and that was fun. But I quit after like two years. I was like, eh, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> and so, um yeah, I only did that for a few years. And mm-hmm. yeah, again, not super involved, probably until like a little bit of high school, but not until like college. College was, I think, where a lot of my involvement and development of like personality and like have like just all these skills right. that you get through involvement really started to to happen. So as you finished up middle school, how did you and your family prepare for your transition to high school? Yeah, um, Again, being the oldest and my parents, you know, being a first gen student, my parents only got an education to like the eighth grade. They didn't have the opportunity to to pursue anything beyond that in Mexico. That's where they completed their education. So I was the first one to go to high school 
And so it was just like, okay, you're switching buses now, I guess. Like that was the only preparation <laughs> that I really got. Like not even buses. We got to walk from like where the buses met to the uh -huh. high school. So I didn't even have to, I just had to get off the bus and walk over. So that okay. was really all the preparation I got. Like wow. my parents were like, okay, like this is the new, just um, be good. Don't do drugs. Like, <laughs> wow. It sounds like you and I had similar experiences with that because I think my, with my parents, I'm super grateful for my parents, by the way, love them. Uh, mm -hmm. But very much in that similar mindset, my dad was uh, uh, all into construction. My mom had a very traditional role, didn't work, but uh, it was that, that same preparation for high school. Uh, and so I'm just kind of stunned to keep hearing the theme of this is the what preparation we did. Good luck. Here's some new clothes. Have fun. <laughs> Learn a lot. <laughs> yes, but I do remember something super, um, and this has stuck with me like throughout life. Um, on my first day of high school, I remember being in this assembly, and mm -hmm. the counselors got up and were like, "Okay, you want to do well in school because seniors." at the end of their senior year, regret not doing well their freshman year. And that's really stuck. That really stuck with wow. me for like all of high school. So like, I guess you could say that was like the opener for my high school experience. It was like, I'm going to oh, do sure. really well. And I had no idea why I was going to do well, but that's mm -hmm. just who I was. And I was going to try hard. That's kind of like the personality or like mindset I had almost developed. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm grateful I did. You know, when it came, we'll talk about you know, college and applying to it. I'm like, oh, that's why I was working hard in high school and so yeah but very very um visible moment in my head like a visible memory mm -hmm. absolutely uh did any of the well is it safe to say that the extracurricular activities didn't carry over from middle school <laughs> um, yeah I did not go back to playing the violin um but I did join things like choir like I learned that oh, right I like and I was like oh I'll join the choir and that led to being involved a little bit in like musicals mm. um and then people ask oh did you ever do like um what a sports I'm like no but I did the color garden marching band so that I counts that, that counts. totally counts yeah <laughs> you ran across the field um with a flag and you throw things in the air um I don't know by experience but I can tell you being in band myself I was in band in high school and in college seeing y'all do color guard I'm like that is a whole different exercise right <laughs> so I count that as my sport there you go um, and I did a few little clubs here and there like um nothing big I never took on leadership roles because I believed and viewed myself as someone who was not capable of being a leader mm -hmm. almost like I was too too quiet or and I honestly had never been given the opportunity to really lead a group or bring ideas to the table. I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just sit here and do what they tell me to do kind of thing. And so that was not developed at all in high school, really. Um, I think my family role, like in my family, was what really helped me develop some of the leadership skills I had. But right. college was where like the thriving or um, ability to even be able to explore leadership was handed to me. Okay. So talk to us about your high school experience then, because we were already kind of transitioning into that. What was that like for you? And uh, yeah, what did what did, you, what did you like most? Yeah, um, I think, oh, I, I like high school because um, that's where I gained like a more solid group of friends. Some of the, some people I still talk to this day, I have a friend who's also in graduate school right now. And Oh, cool. We, yeah, we keep in contact and she's awesome. And we actually roomed one year in college and when I think about it, I'm like, we have been together in like an academic setting since like 
first grade. And like, mm-hmm. we were in um, undergrad, we went to the same university. We had very similar paths academically. So we had a lot of our classes together. So um, yeah, and then we went off to different graduate programs. And so that's kind of where we split ways. So I'm like, wow, we were like in the same academic setting for a long like over a decade so um yeah I made good friends in in high school and um when it comes to school I had again just good experiences with um with teachers that um I don't know I feel like when I think about school I guess I think about like the classes like oh calculus was hard and I cried or, or things like that but what really sticks with me are the lessons that I learned from teachers that took the time to to invest in me. And that's why I think if I hadn't become a dentist or have chosen to become a dentist, like I would have become a teacher, like hands down, because I think it's one of the most important um, roles in society. Like you are um, being handed the responsibility of this young mind that is so like, I don't know, eager to learn and um, ready to accept what you give them. So I think it's like a huge responsibility. So in high school, I had the fortune of like encountering teachers that really taught me lessons. And I think of like the big topics that they taught me, they taught me a lot about comparison. Mm. I remember having a math teacher who was awesome, so independent. And um, she would like stay after like hours, come in on Fridays when we didn't have class and like um, help us with homework or help us prepare for the AP exam or things like that. And I remember one time being in class after after hours and working on homework. And I made the comment of like, oh, well, this person's so smart and they get it. And mm-hmm. she looked at me and she's like, if you keep comparing yourself, you're going to be miserable your whole life. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like little me was like 17 <laughs> years old. Right. And that has really honestly shaped a lot. I mean, I still fall for it. You know, it's it's still something that's very present in work and mm-hmm. like school and everywhere. But I just hear those words. And I'm like, she's right. Like, what do I gain from comparing myself to other people other than like disappointment maybe in who I am at that moment mm-hmm. or of someone else? That doesn't help anyone. And so I learned things about like, yeah, comparison, how to like maybe identify it and combat those kind of things that are super helpful, I think. And then I learned a lot about like, yeah, being proud of where I come from. I had a great Spanish teacher, Miss um, Alvarez, Miss Alvarez, like she was awesome, just very, very encouraging of like, you can do what you want to do. And I 100% believe in you. Like, mm-hmm. again, I think that, I don't know, I think those years, like everything before college, if one decides to go to college, like really, really shape whether someone believes that they can or can't achieve what they want to achieve in life. I, I, that's wow. my, my two cents, but like that is that we're saving that that is a TikTok clip. That is a <laughs> stories clip. I'm tagging you on that when we advertise for your episode, that, that was such a wonderful statement. I I'm serious. We're, we're, we're taking that clip. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked a little bit about involvement in high school with uh, clubs. Uh, what type of clubs did you get involved with? Uh, you said you joined choir you know, did you, did you put, put a lot of investment in it and, and did it pay for you? Like, did, did, did you get a lot of payout from it? Yeah. Um, they were, I think ways of like, I was doing it because my classmates who did know about college said it was good. Mm, and so I was like, oh, okay. okay. I was like, I should get involved in choir. I naturally just like all my friends were doing it. And I was like, oh, like that sounds like fun. I wanted, I want to do something. I was kind of tired of being at home mm-hmm. and just doing homework, even though my parents were like, oh, there's no need to go to 
do another thing. They were just, I think my, I love them. And again, they, they didn't know that this was going to be for my benefit. They didn't know that it was good. And I always think I was the oldest. And so my parents are learning to be parents through me. Unfortunately, I'm the guinea pig. Like that's, that's the way it is. (laughs) Um, And so yeah, a lot of those things were were just for fun or because I heard that it was good to do those things. Um, but other than being able to put them down as like uh, a resume builder, I feel like it, none of them were, were things that I was like, oh, I love uh, these uh, things. Yeah. Um, an activity that I did really like was something I did outside of high school. Um, I was really involved. I am really involved in my in my church. Um, and so I got really involved in my my home church uh, around the age of 16. Mm-hmm. And that involvement included, you know, being in the choir, but put also like participating in like community service events, um, helping out with like religious education to like the, the young kids, like the little kids and also the youth. And I feel like that part, the role in which I got to be like almost like a mentor or like, I don't know, that whole thing. A lot of my, my fellow um like congregation members were, were Latino, um, that really motivated me to be like, oh my gosh, I want to be a dentist and I want to be a dentist because I want to be helping people like this. And I, oh I heard God. conversations, I heard conversations of like, oh, like Mika, like you're so awesome. Like you seem to really like school, like where, what are you going to do after like high school? Like I got to really connect. And again, like we, we go back to like what I was like growing up, like, oh, like this is a disadvantage, like my, my background, mm-hmm. like I think that involvement in my church healed a lot of those spots that I had growing up. Wow. I was like, oh my goodness, this community is amazing. And like, they are able to give so much when they have so little. And like, I am like them. And I didn't view, like, I didn't view them as them anymore. I felt like I was like us, like I am part, you know, I felt like I was finally like including myself in in this collective group um and so yeah I 100% believe that that's why I I have I don't know like the desire to want to be a certain type of dentist or be a certain type of person like, yeah yeah that was the most influential I think experience for me in in high school was my involvement with my church all right mm-hmm. I, I gotta give you 100% credit and compliment because you've been wonderfully segueing with each uh, question that I have it, it <laughs> it's like a wonderful transition into the next one because at this point you must have been thinking want to be a dentist want to definitely pursue something I- I- to further my education so you must have been thinking about college and you must have been talking about your family about what co- what college um, might look like for you yeah yeah and so People always, I've met a lot of people in the last couple of years that are like, oh yeah, college was like never a question. My parents um, went to college. So I was expected to go to college. And I was like, oh, funny. Like my parents didn't even go to high school, but they still wanted college to be a thing for me. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's interesting how like that works. I think about it a lot. I'm like, oh yeah. Like um, my parents did not go to college, but they still viewed it as something good. And maybe it's because of that, like, you know, throughout history like oh college 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 so um I think college was always a thought on my on my mind from like a very young age like oh that's just something I'm going to do um and so yeah as things got closer I talked to my parents about where I wanted to attend Mm -hmm. and they I wanted to leave I wanted to leave Idaho I was like oh, I'm gonna go to Washington or Ah. somewhere in like the Midwest I was like I'm going to leave like 
that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not because I didn't like like Idaho, but that's because I was like, oh, that's that's what needs to happen. Like, um, so yeah, we started talking about college, I think in the last two years of high school, like when things started to come up, like the ACT or the SAT. And that's around the time that TRIO came into my life for the first time. And so um, there was some better guided discussions about college with my parents because of TRIO and the information they were supplying. Mm -hmm. So now I got to ask this next question and I'm adjusting it a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Did you and your your high school counselor talk about college, like where you wanted to be? Yeah. um, This is where I feel like I'm not going to talk about like on anyone, but like some of the counselors, yeah, no, some of the counselors that I encountered, like, were not the most encouraging about Mm, my academic, yeah, about my academic decisions. I remember being um, in a meeting with one of them and expressing that I wanted to be a dentist, like I wanted to, to be the doctor in the office, um, Mm -hmm. and -hmm. being told, maybe you should consider dental hygiene, because you might get married soon, and I was like, and I was like, so, like flat, and then you can go and maybe think about dentistry if you're really serious about it. I was like, I've been wow. doing 13 years old. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, I was 13, but like, that's not what you tell a kid when like. No, not at all. And I feel like academically, like I was somewhat promising to be able to to achieve that or like stay on track, and so it was disappointing. And I still think back to that, and um. Yeah, just a little, a little sour, a little like upset that that was a comment that even had to be said. And I'm grateful that young, impressionable Jocelyn never took that to heart and never took that serious that she was like, nope, this is what I want to do. Bye. Um, And so, yeah, those discussions were unfortunate. Um, And sometimes it was hard because like I feel like my counselors at times were like oh no most students end up at like ISU which is a great school I'm so grateful I went to ISU but like that's where most students end up so that's probably where you're gonna end up so like yeah the ability to leave state was always like no that's not what our students do so like that's probably not Mm -hmm. what you're going to do Mm -hmm. um so yeah I mean they were great in other ways like they would always call me down for scholarships that was super nice Mm-hmm. Then I'm also like, were they calling every student? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you had to wonder, right? Yeah. Right, right. I'm like, why? I don't know. Just, just yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll share with you that uh, in my own uh, experience in high school, uh, there there were only selected students that were college potential. I wasn't one of them. They they selected. Mm-hmm. They always selected uh, folks that they felt had college potential, um, which is a great segue. Again, I got to give you like 100% props because you are segueing. <laughs> So awesome into the next question, because because you didn't receive that mentorship and you didn't receive um, that guidance, uh, what preparations did you make to get ready for college? Yeah, I mean, 100% it came from TRIO because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Like I wanted to go to college, like, and I mm. felt like I was doing what I could. I was, you know, getting involved what I like um, in what things I thought were good in high school. I was getting good grades. Um, like I was just trying to be a good student, but I also, I had no idea how the whole application process worked, the ACT and SAT, like what were those? How do you prepare for them? Cause I learned after joining TRIO that you could prepare for them and you could like develop test taking skills and all these things. Um, so yeah, I, I think that if TRIO had not come, I wonder what my trajectory would have looked like if TRIO had not been there. I think it would have been a lot tougher, 
Um, but they swooped in and honestly, like, helped guide me, helped um, encourage me, remind me, like, hey, we believe in you and, like, you can do it. Like, we're going to be here to help you. And that's where I think I started to, like, hear the, we're a trio family. And that didn't really make sense to me, honestly, until, like, I always felt, like, loved by trio. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm a trio alum, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yes, because I still reach out to my trio, like advisors, even from high school, from my UB, UBMS program, mm-hmm. um, from my SSS program. So like, yeah, my trio family, I think is what got me through like those preparations for college. So that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So this is, again, you've been so wonderful with these transitions. <laughs> uh, how how did you find out about, about Upward Bound? I'm like, uh, trio Upward Bound is such a very focused it focuses on the high school population. So I'm, I'm curious, how did you find out at Upper Bound? Did someone refer you? Were you referred by a counselor or a teacher? Yeah. So Tria would come to our school. And I remember hearing some of my classmates were involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a classmate who was a year above me. He's one of my great friends still to this day. So shout out to Jerry Torres. Like, um, But his family went to my church back home, mm-hmm. that church that I was super involved in. And I remember, I still remember the event. It was like some like backyard event at the church. And like Mm. my mom and his mom were walking out together and she was like, oh, hey, like Jerry has been trying to talk to Jocelyn about this trio program. You should really get Jocelyn involved. Yeah. Yeah. My parents, um, I had kind of like, I think mentioned it here and there, but they were super hesitant. They were like, well, like, what is it? Like, again, parents want what's best for their kids, but sometimes they don't know what that looks like. That is something that I think I carry with me. And that allows me to view my parents with compassion and understanding. I'm like, my parents love me and they want what's best for me, like what most parents do for their kids. And so like, but sometimes you just don't know what that is, because you don't know. Um, And so my parents took, it took a little bit of convincing multiple conversations. um, But they finally like, the I remember my advisor Luis Carrillo actually he like was my first trio advisor and he called me out and like was interviewing me and I remember mm-hmm. the two classmates being like oh she's a troublemaker and he's like <laughs> oh, no. I can already I can already tell <laughs> like, I can already tell that you guys are the troublemakers here so he kind of already sensed my personality um mm-hmm. and and I still remember that interview and that's kind of where it all started I did the summer program unfortunately I joined at the end of my junior year so I was only able to participate for like one year in the Mm -hmm. program but that one year was enough to really get me like sold on like the mission of trio um and I feel like I almost I had no choice I was like well I can't go to my parents because they don't know and my college counselor is like yeah they're fine like and they are good people like I had good count I don't want to come out of this and be like oh they were awful like right 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 supportive um but yeah I remember just that's how I joined I got connected and I felt like yeah it was super good those first couple of interactions um and I'm super grateful to to that mom and and to my friend that were like patient and willing to explain things to my parents like being able to understand like oh they just need extra information and like we need to give it to them and willing to share like I think it's awesome when like we support each other within our communities like how else are we supposed to move forward together right and so um yeah just very grateful that they were willing to share something that had helped their family with us so that's awesome so I got to connect with you a little bit on the uh you getting called out uh from the classroom or being (laughs) that so the way our upward bound so I'm also an upward bound alum and Mm -hmm. uh they at, at eastern New Mexico University 
uh, my director, they would hand you blue slips. So you didn't know what the blue slip was. And when you got the blue slip, everybody just kind of turns on you and go, ooh, <laughs> right? And, the, and I remember, I still distinctly remember uh, the this office aide coming in, handing uh, my science teacher the blue slip. And then uh, he looks around, he looks at me and he's like, Juan, it's for you. And I remember like all the students were like looking at me and they were going, ooh, I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I don't cause trouble. I'm a good kid. But I saw like when you shared that story, I was like, immediate connection to that. Right. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how they call out the kids anymore, but I'm like, I really hope it's in a different way. Like, <laughs> right. Tree Upward Bound, if you're listening, if we can find a different way to uh, contact our students, right? <laughs> um nothing but solutions here we're trying to find nothing but solutions um so talk to us a little bit more about your time with upper bound I know it's very limited it was one year but you said you got a lot from it how did they help you with the college process yeah so after I got in it was immediately time for like the summer program we're close to the end of the school year and I remember I loved that program that summer I think about it and I'm like it was the first time that I was like oh my gosh these students are just like me like one they understand the difficulties and maybe the confusions that I'm undergoing like you know going through right now like they want to go to college they don't know how to so we could relate on those uh, on those things like I didn't have to explain like my family situation they had parents just like mine that had gone through similar things um and they also wanted to study. They had dreams and goals of becoming professionals in their areas and like um, being able to see them graduate in the last couple of years has been like super awesome and rewarding to be like, oh my gosh, like we're doing it. Like what we said we were going to do, like it's awesome to to see them succeed as well. Um, I remember it was the first sleepover I got to, to do. My parents never let me do sleepovers. Um, and I hopefully that wasn't against the rules. I'm sorry to my <laughs> RM on my floor if that was against the rules. But we had a sleep the first sleepover. <laughs> Besides to my cousins. I had cousin sleepovers, but those were family members. Um, right, right. First non-family member sleepover I got to do um, in my like neighbor's dorms and stuff. They were like, oh, we only have a girls night kind of thing. And But I still remember those memories and being able to go visit like universities and being able to hear about the college process again Mm -hmm. um and hear um about like you know people that had gone before us we got to hear about like older students coming back and um just offered me a really good perspective um on like okay this is how you do things we're gonna Mm -hmm. you you have these dreams we're gonna teach you how to get there how to achieve them so that summer was great it like really brought me into a good community of people that I'm like oh like again like a further healing of like the the past of like oh like I'm not I I have to be a certain way to succeed in this life and it's like no 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 like you are who you are own it and like find people that can help you to get where you want to be you deserve to be there too so absolutely absolutely hey there we'll be right back after a message from our sponsor Are you seeking guidance to enhance your TRIO project's effectiveness and success? Look no further. Nosotros Education Center, NEC, is here to empower your TRIO project with expert consulting services. NEC's mission is to promote the effectiveness and impact of TRIO programs. Since 2003, NEC has specialized in providing professional development and in-service staff trainings, allowable cost services, for TRIO projects across the country. 
The team at MEC, with over 60 years of combined TRUE experience, offers customized workshops and seminars for project staff, compliance assessments, external evaluations, working on and submitting APRs, database customization and training, developments of policies and procedures manuals, and project implementation or reorganization services. Additionally, NEC has secured over $774 million in federal funding with a 92% success rate through their live and on-demand proposal workshops, assistance with data collection and review, detailed technical reviews, and comprehensive proposal development services. Join the hundreds of colleges, agencies, and TRIO projects across the country who benefited from NEC's expertise. Nosotros Education Center, your partner in TRIO's project success. Visit their website at nosotros.edu.org. Again, that's nosotros.edu.org. And now, back to the podcast. What college did you ultimately end up choosing and why? Now, a little bit of spoiler alert, but tell us about the college you chose. (laughs) Yeah, so I ended up attending Idaho State University, um, which was only, yeah, it's only 40 minutes from my home. And so super close. And the reasons why I ended up choosing ISU was because it was the cheapest option. And already like going in, I was like, okay, like I'm going to go to dental school one day. And even though I didn't know what it was going to take to get to dental school in my undergraduate, I knew that dental school was expensive. I had heard, Mm -hmm. I hadn't even done the math yet, but I had heard. Um, And so I was like, okay, it's the cheapest. And also I had a lot of scholarships there. Like I was just a local school and a lot of the scholarships that I got in high school too were like, okay, an Idaho school. Um, and also it was going to allow me to, to live at home at least for a while. It, I ended up only living at home two years of the four in my undergrad. Um, but it was good. It was a good two years. I was able to have that family support um, that transition, you know, was, was smoother because of TRIO and my participation in other programs. But um, yeah, I think ISU just seemed like the best option financially and also just transition wise. I was like, okay, but I was angry for a bit. I'm not going to lie. Like when I first, like, oh, really? I'm going to ISU, I was like, oh, I'm just like the kids that the counselor said, like, I'm just like sticking around. And I was like, I was like frustrated, I guess for a minute. Like I, um, I was like disappointed. I was like, man, like I'm staying here. Darn it. Um, yeah so grateful I went there I met the people I had to meet and like did the things I had to do and so yeah a really really fruitful um and very good undergrad experience at ISU so grateful I ended up going there and we'll get to that here in just a little bit about your college experience Uh, but Mm -hmm. can you talk to us about the day you graduated from high school and what you were feeling yeah I oh it was a great feeling I remember you know I I think about these graduations and honestly, I guess they all morph kind of into one. Um, mm, my yeah. mom comes up with flowers. She loves flowers and like, you know, big days, flowers. And and she's, you know, tearing up. And then my dad's just a big grin. And then all the little oh. kids, little sisters are like, oh, like, we're so pretty. we love you. Like, that's always kind of like the scene in my head. Like, and I think that's, that's my family. Like, and being the oldest, I think that's kind of like, like what you receive, that love you receive and support from your family. So, um, yeah, just amazing um I got to there was um you could you could have multiple valedictorians in in my class and so there was 10 of us and I was one of them 
Um, so it was kind of like this feeling of like, I did it. I remember being in seventh grade. I had no idea what a valedictorian was. But mm, someone was mm-hmm. like, I think you could be a valedictorian. I was like, what's that? And then someone was like, oh, this is what it is. I'm like, I want to do that. I remember being like 12, I'm like, I want to do that. Yeah. And so like being able to like achieve that goal, I was like, I did it. I was like, um, it was good. It felt really good. And it also felt sad um you know leaving a really overall pretty good experience like high school I I'm happy that life has gotten better after that because I don't ever want to view high school as the like epitome of my existence like there's right. so much more so much more development um but very grateful and I, I think I felt just just happy to have experienced what I did in high school yeah just to give you a, a brief kind of like what when you said I don't want to just feel like high school was the only thing I had uh, mm-hmm. you, you reminded me of like those conversations that people have about peaking in high school and like that's all right and people some people make high school their entire personality which not to knock on those people but uh, I think that there's more to life than that right mm-hmm, 100% so college is now on the horizon for you what were you feeling at that moment yeah I I think you know I felt a little disappointed because I did not want to stay where I was going to stay at but I felt very excited I felt like oh my goodness like one step closer. My right. my my end degree, my DDS, my doctorate of dental surgery, was only eight years away. Um, oh, I like how you I, say that. Only eight years away. <laughs> well, now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's only three years away. It's it, crazy. Time is starting to tick down, right? <laughs> it's crazy. And so now, um, I remember feeling super excited. I was like, right, right, right. I can start learning what I want to learn. Um, yeah, just excited to learn and um, and meet new people. I had a lot of ideas of what my life was going to look like socially. I was like, oh, like, I thought I was going to be married by, like, a certain age. That has not really? happened. <laughs> wow. Like, I, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. I Well, where I grew up, like, people got married really young. And right, so I was right, like, right. Oh, I'm going to be married super young. Um, not the case. And that's totally fine. But I feel like high school Jocelyn had a very different idea of what she was going to, like, I had no idea how um, rigorous the path was going to be and how much of my time it was going to consume that I mm-hmm. now am able to reflect I'm like, oh, yeah, like, not that that's why I haven't gotten married, but like, <laughs> you know, just little things like that. I'm like, oh, Jocelyn, she had a completely different picture of what her life was going to look like outside of school, I guess. Yeah. No, I, and I think this is an important kind of conversation point, right, Ray, where parents really don't talk about. Uh, and at least I feel for my parents and I understand where they were in that moment, right? About like, what a relationship looks like? What does marriage look like if you're going to go to college? Um, and beyond that, because you're right, in a rural community, you're kind of expected to be married in your early 20s. Yeah, no, 100%. And I I remember, I mean, a lot of my classmates did get married, but a lot mm-hmm. of them didn't pursue like a, a college, a degree or education. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I can almost like, on my hand like tell you how many females in my class like actually no thankfully it's more than like my both my hands but like a lot of us like that have pursued um you know a college degree and even past that like there's even less of us granted it was a small class but I'm like wow like yeah like a lot of us chose a different path and not that I would have had to choose I think if things had worked out differently I would still make um my education a priority and um, no, no bad uh, comments on like them. Like that was what they wanted in life. Right. But yeah, definitely viewed 
my personal life going a little bit different than what it is now. <laughs> but happy, happy with what's happened. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you again for giving me a moment to reflect with you on that. Uh, do you remember most uh, what happened uh, during the summer before you entered college? Like, do you remember what, what you're preparing for mentally? Maybe you were working extra shifts because the, the folks I've interviewed said, I've had to take jobs just to get ready for this summer, for the summer and then transition into college. What was your experience like? Yeah. So I actually did a summer bridge program through my university. My university, um, ISU offers like a bridge program for like just graduated seniors from high school. It allows them to take a couple of those intro general classes for for cheaper, um, you know, less money and smaller class sizes. And that I think was awesome. I think that really helped me get, you know, classes out of the way, but allowed me to make connections to faculty at ISU that were instrumental in like my success overall like being able to come in the fall like with those connections I had a job um set up for the fall that was super good um and being able to have friends that I was going to know like in the fall because of that summer program was really really great and I found out about it through trio like my trio advisors often um the high school ones like did a really good job of like okay like you did UB UBMS or you know ETS like let's get you signed up for this bridge program. They're very good about that in the, in this part of the, of the state, like really wanting kids to continue um, onto college and giving them bridge as, as an opportunity to do so. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was in school for like a large portion of that summer um, before I started college, but I did work um, not, not during the summer, but during school I had, I mean, I did have jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, we have potato harvest out in Idaho yes so every September um late August schools actually give two weeks off to high to all this like in rural areas to students to go and work for farmers so I did that for a couple years and I would save money if you know for college because yeah college even though I had scholarships I wanted to make sure that I had you know some extra money in my bank account and stuff like that and then I worked um in the school library that was like oh right on yeah, nice. my dream job growing up. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know what they say about dream jobs, right? Or even anything about a dream of that, that you set up as a goal, that if you experience it early as a dream goal or as, and you accomplish it, that now you uh, you aspire for higher. Now you you say like, all right, I accomplished this. I got to aim for higher now. And every single time you accomplish a goal, it's like, cool, I made that. Now I got to aim for higher. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's true. It's true. So talk to us about the moment you started college at Idaho State University. What was that like for you? Yeah, well, I think because of that bridge program, it was a super, um, like, really, really smooth transition. I knew people, I knew some of the faculty, um, some of the faculty, one of the professors that I had over the summer offered me a mentorship position in one of her clubs. And that was my first, like, leadership position that I ever had in, like, an institution setting. Mm -hmm. Um, she was like, okay, like you can join this mentorship program. I really like the way you work, the way you like treat people. I think, I think you'd be good. Um, and so I already felt like I had a personal connection to ISU because I was doing something outside of, you know, being just a student. And so, um, and then immediately I applied, I actually applied to Trio SSS before I started college because I met my Trio advisor, my Trio SSS advisor before I was her student. It was kind of a funny little, um, I guess, interaction. Um, 
she knew my mom like they were connected through like work and What? I heard about her yeah yeah it was it's a small community out here which is honestly kind of I'm really grateful Yeah. for it um Interesting. I guess not here anymore back home because I'm not home <laughs> anymore <laughs> You've redefined it's like home. <laughs> right um but yeah I was connected to her also by like another true SSS alum but it was all because of my mom's work environment so my mom's work environment Yeah. has really helped me like connect to other people my Yeah. mom was really good at networking actually and now that I think about it I'm like wow she is really good at like connecting with others um so I had a connection to trio already because I had applied to trio SSS so honestly I was just I was set up because I had so much interaction with ISU already I feel like I was set up really well to begin a college journey mm-hmm So many students usually report feeling overwhelmed with the environment and the information that co that comes at them so fast. Um, what did you feel as you began your first semester? Yeah, I felt honestly really good. I think that like summer program, again, like if you guys have the opportunity, you know, listeners, like do a summer program if you feel like that's right for you because it is very beneficial. I understand like the the need to work sometimes, but if it's if you have the opportunity to to do it, I think it's it's awesome. These bridge programs are are really, really great. And so I didn't feel like I was as overwhelmed as I would have. um thought I would have been like that those that summer was fast and so the information being spread out across 16 weeks instead of a summer felt like even more manageable um I was really grateful for like the background I got in biology in high school I appreciated my my um teachers um so first semester was was good I think the semester that I felt um like stressed for the first time was probably sophomore year of undergrad when I started feeling a little bit more overwhelmed and stressed. But yeah, that first year was was good. And again, I think it was because I was met with the right people. I had people, older students, oh, older students were awesome. They were like reaching out and like, oh, hey, like I heard you want to go into like dentistry. Like I'm going into medical, the medical field. Like let me connect with you and show you what I've done. Like Honestly, all these opportunities just came to me um, because of the people that I had connected with. And I really learned the value of networking um, that first year. It was awesome. Yeah, that's wonderful. Did you know what program or major you wanted to enter? Now, I asked that knowing full well, you had already something in mind and you were very passionate to pursue it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I knew I wanted to be a dentist from like the get go, but like I didn't know. like how I was going to get there. I was like, oh, like I had learned that you could major in a lot of things and still apply to dental school as long as you um, fulfilled requirements. And so I was like, I don't know how I want to get there. I want to do something challenging, but also like fulfilling. I didn't really want to do biology as like uh, a major. Um, and so after meeting with like pre-health advisors and Again, I also I also um, attribute this to my parents and their upbringing to me. Like they have been very good about asking for help all the time. Like whenever we're in a store and we can't find something, I'm like, oh no, like we'll just go look for it again. My dad's like, let's ask for help. That's how we're gonna find it. And I'm like, oh, dad, like I think a lot of people have problems asking for help. Like even if you know with simple things that my parents though, like especially my dad, he's like, no, if you don't know something and there's someone whose job. is literally the, to help you. Why are you not going to take advantage of that? And I'm Mm like, -hmm. Right. okay, okay. 
And so I would go to, I feel like every semester I would go to like three advisors, the pre-health advisor, my major advisor, and then like my trio advisor. I was like always talking to these people about like, how should I do this? Um, and so eventually I settled on, I was going to do a Spanish for the health professions major because it was going to allow me to develop my medical Spanish more mm, and able mm. to give me the ability to interpret and translate better. I grew up doing it for my family, but that was probably not the most official or formal way, right? Like a lot of us mm. probably did growing up. Yeah. Um, and then I was going to do a health science major because that was going to fulfill a lot of my science prerequisites, but also was going to teach me about like, you know, the healthcare system. And then because I did like biology, I added a biology minor. And so I was doing a lot of things, but I felt like, you know, when I look back at it, like it really enhanced my undergrad experience. I felt like it was a little bit of the things that I cared about and it really molded like, okay, this is the kind of provider I want to be. I want to be fluent in my language and able to explain things well to my Spanish speaking patients. And I need to learn more about these things. Anyways, just, I feel like it was a good balance. The majors were. I, I feel very like, the, at least with the folks that I've interviewed, that they either have some idea, have a little inkling, but to have to know someone that said, from the moment I knew I entered college, I know this is where I wanted to be. So that's amazing, first of all. Um, but the the process for dentistry work, because uh, you don't go into uh, a bachelor's into dentistry, you have to find another field that'll fit into dentistry. Is that correct? Right, right. So there's um, most dental schools, I mean, each one differs, like is different a little bit from each other, but most of them require a certain number of credit hours in biology, in chemistry and organic chemistry and biochemistry, certain math credits, certain English credits. So you just have to fulfill those um, classes. And as long as you do that and fulfill other like application requirements, you're able to really major in anything you want. So, mm -hmm. so you why did you want to pursue this program specifically? I know you touched on it earlier in the episode, but what was what was your main motivation to pursue dentistry? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like personally, me and my family, my sisters specifically, always had really good experiences with the dentist. Like my parents made it almost like you know a priority to like um, get find if they couldn't, they usually couldn't take us because of work. But I had a cousin who was really good about like, she was awesome. She would take us to our dentist appointments mm -hmm. a lot of the times growing up. And so my parents, again, were willing, able, were able to be humble enough to ask for help. They're like, oh, like someone needs to take our girls to the dentist. Will you do that? Like, because they, they wanted us to go to the dentist. They saw it as important. Mm -hmm. um, and so I never grew up being afraid of the dentist. Um, and, but I thought that's a rare thing as I got older and heard a lot of people, especially like Latinos, like, um, I feel like a lot of them talked about the dentist as like almost just like a person who wants money or who charges right. for unnecessary treatment. Um, and also a lot of them, I feel like couldn't communicate with their patients, like with their providers fluently. Like um, I remember one time I couldn't make it to one of my mom's appointments as the unofficial interpreter and she had a tooth extracted. And like, even to this day, my mom isn't really sure why they had to extract that tooth. Mm. Well, like it's not fair to people I feel like to have things done to them like I had a professor who last year in my first year of dental school he's awesome he was like I wish I could speak um, with all my patients because I want to be the kind of dentist who does things for people not does things to people mm. and I feel like that's a major know, difference 
yeah, I feel like when you're not able to um, explain um, what you're going to do to someone, the treatment, the procedure, like they're not going to know. And I, I don't know. I felt sad for a lot of the people that I heard, you know, these conversations coming from. And I was like, I want to be able to be a different type of dentist. And like with my ability to speak Spanish and like being Latina, like I will be able to help a larger group of people. And honestly, a group of people that might not know the importance of oral health and the impact that that has on your overall general health and your nutrition on all these things, like, you know, being a a population that suffers from like diabetes at higher rates of like, you know, different heart diseases, like that has a lot to do with what you consume sometimes. Um, And what you can consume depends on what type of oral health you have, you know, it's all connected. And so to be able to maybe play a little role in like, what how people view that and the importance of it and just the information they're getting I think is something that I'm super passionate about so yeah absolutely so high school attempts to ready students for the college experience now again we talked a little bit about how high school does or does not do that effectively uh was your first semester of college something you expected or were you caught off guard or were you surprised by it yeah um again like I was super grateful for like the science preparation that my school gave me I was super grateful for that um and the English preparation too um and I was surprised in certain ways as to how much freedom I was given in college I feel like professors um teachers in high school always tell you not gonna be like this in college they're gonna be super strict <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, yeah those conversations <laughs> you're not gonna get away with this in college um and I'm like honestly like they were more strict with us in high school than in college mm-hmm. um because you're expected to be an adult you're 18 um in most cases and so um I was surprised by how much freedom I had um and was able to yeah to kind of choose what I got to do and things like that. But I think that's where a lot of things like discipline come in and Absolutely. things that you learned in, in high school. So I appreciate the the little scares that my, my high school teachers give. <laughs> I think if anything, right, it helped us with discipline. Yes. <laughs> Being disciplined with ourselves. Um, did you find a lot of interest groups while in college? Yes. I think um, that was the biggest part of like my college, besides academics, like was my involvement at the university. I loved getting involved. I got involved. I always like to have um, like these pillars of like balance. I was like, okay, I'm going to be involved um, in professional or academic clubs that are going to help me like, you know, boost my application. So like the pre-health club or things like that, I'm going to be involved in um, things that are going to help me socially. So like I was involved in like a Hispanic, um, it was called Halo Hispanic Awareness Leadership Organization. Mm -hmm. And then I was involved in like, um, a faith club so the catholic club on campus so like I always tried to invest in these different groups because I was like oh these are things that are important to me I want to make sure that I'm like balancing myself I thought that was really helpful for me so yeah I don't know I feel like I'm trying to think of what were the bigger ones I learned a lot about investing and things Ooh. that I'm truly passionate about. Not investing money. I'm still learning about that stuff. But... Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> finances. That sounds interesting. No, I'm still learning about that world. It's really intertwined with dentistry businesses. So I'm like learning wow. a lot about that. Um, but I learned um, how to invest intentionally, like into these groups. Because I, I was like, oh, I can't do all of them. I, I learned. And so... Um, I kept groups that were really fulfilling to me. There was a group that I joined that actually I helped start, which I felt really proud of. I was like, oh, little Jocelyn. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was um, SACNAS at ISU. So SACNAS stands for the Society of Advancement of Chicanos and Native Americans in Science. It's huge, long Wow, yeah, yeah. But it was a super good um, organization. It taught me a lot about my passion for like community involvement and advocacy for people that I care about. And um, we would go out to schools and like teach um, high schoolers or inform them on like what they could do to get into college or what options they had or a lot of uh, minority students. So it was a great, great organization. I got obviously super involved in TRIO um, mm-hmm. because it connected me to like people that were like me and understood and wanted me to succeed. And um, I think those were some of the bigger groups. And also like the Catholic club on campus was super influential. Being able to stay um, active, like spiritually was mm-hmm. really important to me. And I think has helped me through a lot of the big changes in my life. Absolutely. So what type of support did you receive while I at a- ISU? Yes. Um, at ISU, man, I don't know. So much support, I think. Um and it, I mean, it's because I'm on a trio podcast, but it, I always bring it back to, <laughs> to trio. Trio, they, well, they were the ones that received me. I feel like when I got to ISU, they received me and they were like, okay. I felt like I was like a little kid and they just put everything that I needed to know in my backpack and oh, little by little, yeah. I would, you know, take it out, take it to them. Like, ha, what does this mean? And so that really, the support came from them because whenever I felt like I needed extra help, oh, the tutoring center, whenever I needed mental help, oh, the counseling center center whenever mm-hmm. I needed anything it was like go here go here they taught me about my resources um and so I just I think of them they were my biggest support system in undergrad to be able to to do well and be happy be a happy successful college student I think. absolutely so earlier in the episode you were talking about like feeling a little bit of disappointment of having to attend ISU even though you said you're super grateful now uh, wouldn't change that experience but now at this point, did your expectation match your experience? Oh, yeah. I My experience completely surpasses my expectations of ISU. And I feel like I defend ISU now when people are like, oh, darn it. I'm like, mm-mm. I was like, it is such a good <laughs> school. Um, and I mean, the experience you get there is everything that you make it, right? Like you have to have the mindset of like, I am going to make this what I want it to be. Um, but I think it has things like a smaller Um, class size which really allows for good connections with your professors if you're willing to ask for help and talk to them it allows for um, granted it still has a long way to go in like terms of diversity and inclusion in some ways Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. um, but I think it's it's making some efforts and so I recognize that they brought in a lot of programs like camp um, that have brought in a whole new wave of students that I think are super motivated and are going to do a lot for the campus and, and for themselves and so um, it was just so great. I got to do things like um, TA, like upper division courses, like labs and stuff that really helped like boost my application, but also my knowledge. Got to work one-on-one with professors on like dissections on human cadavers, like tons of things that I feel like were not going to be possible at a huge university because maybe I would have gotten lost in the sea of students. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was just a great experience, but I think it depended, you know, on that, those first couple of weeks, this, that first semester, maybe like how open I was right. to those experiences. Did I want to be helped? Did I want, um, and also like as a commuter, and I will say this, I, I was a commuter those first two years. And I feel like as a commuter, it's easy to be disconnected from your campus. Mm. 
because you're not there like oh I go I go to school and then I go to work and then I go home um so my advice if there's any commuters listening to this is like make time to to do something outside of school and work and you know like maybe it'll be a little bit of sacrifice in some ways on Sundays but I think it's totally worth it it really does enhance your your experience in college so great Great. Um, so you talked about Trio Student Support Services. How did you learn about that program and how did you get involved? Yeah, my, uh, like I said, like I met my Trio SSS advisor before I really even was her student. So that's how I learned about the Trio SSS program. She was like, okay, you need to apply to this program. Even though you were an upward bound, upward bound math science student, you need to apply to this again. And so that's kind of how I learned about it. She told me that it was going to help me with, you know, printing, tutoring, hmm. all these mm-hmm. things. And I, I've always been very trusting of the trio people. Like it's thankfully always led me to the right way. I'm like, okay, I'll buy in, like I'll apply. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that's how I learned about the trio SSS program. Was this something that you were, and I think you kind of answered the question, <laughs> did you need a lot of convincing to join this or were you ready to just jump in? I think at this point, after going through the high school trio program, I was like, they're going to help me. Like, and honestly, again, that feeling of like, I don't know what I'm doing and they know, so I need help. And yeah, I think I was pretty, pretty sold on them. So how did trio student support services help you? Yeah. So in addition to like, you know, I've been on trio panels. I'm like, you know, the basics, like tutoring and free printing and advising I think it really helped me build a support system um when I took my entrance exam for dental school you know I called my mom I called my dad my sister I I called my family but immediately after that I walked over to the trio office and I was like I did it I did it like and they had cupcakes there waiting like like they were it was such a like a this is my second family my second Mm. home almost and so um yeah trio helped me not just do well academically but really helped me like build up this person that was ready to move on to the next step eventually and ready to like believe in herself and believe because it's hard it's hard to like as a student as a first gen student to believe that you actually belong mm-hmm. uh, in these spaces and actually are capable of doing what you say you want to do and so they just helped me like really they built me up and they supported me and um eased my worries a lot of the times Right on. So you're already gaining experience in college. Uh, now you've, uh, you know, like you said, you've already spent a couple of years, you're, you're heading into a right, uh, this uh, phenomenal college experience. Were you already contemplating graduate school? Because you must have known, right? Dentistry was another additional or, or more schooling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, again, from the get go, like, I thought of like freshman year in high school, that word, like those words of like, you need to do well your freshman year. Like mm-hmm. that honestly, like probably, I don't know, just stuck with me forever. And so I was like, okay, like the next step is dental school, but I have to focus. Like in high school, it was like, okay, now you know that you you focused in high school early on to be able to get into college. So now you're focusing in undergrad to get into dental school. And so it's like, I don't know, this like thought process. And so, um yeah, graduate school was like it was a constant striving towards it like I think undergrad was um but I learned that I'm like okay no I have to learn to enjoy this it's not just a check off check box right you know check the box list um it's a 
it's enjoy it's an experience to like enhance um, my experience and like um, grow as a person and like learn what I like and dislike so I'm grateful that that was in my mind a lot but also grateful that I, I met people that reminded me like hey no like there's life outside of preparing for dental school like enjoy this experience absolutely who are your mentors in trio and or at ISU yeah um the whole trio office I think were my mentors they always laugh when I tell them this but <laughs> I would start at like my actual trio advisor's office. And then I would go down the line. Maurice was next. I'd be like, hey, Maurice. And it was always like the little head sticking in. Hey, like, are you busy? And then they'd be like, oh no, like, come on in. And I would fill out a contact sheet. We have contact sheets for every time. Like, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would probably fill out three every time I went. And I probably went in like every other day at least. (laughs) And so they have files on students, you know, like on us. And one time I'm like, can I see my file? And mine was huge, just because. Oh, like, I imagine. <laughs> and so, like, I would go down the line. Um, but yeah, they they were all my mentors, and now I feel like I can consider them like my friends. Um, in addition to that, I had mentors um, in the research department, like biology. I I worked under two professors specifically. Um, and they were both women. I was super lucky to have um, female like mentors. A lot of my mentors are female and they're very strong, very, I don't know. I, I, they're great because they show mm. how important females are. And I think in a workplace and academia and, you know, professional settings, um, I loved seeing them bring their kids sometimes to work because it mm-hmm. showed like, you know, it is possible. You can get this higher degree and have a family and things outside of school and out of outside of your job. And yeah, so I had lots of mentors. Um, yeah. What did you enjoy most about being in this trio program? Do any favorite memories stand out to you? Yeah. Um, I think just the, all the advisors, all, all three of them that I interacted with closely. Um, well, I guess four, cause I went through two trio SSS advisors one of them moved on to a really good opportunity but Mm -hmm. Juanita, Raina Lynn, Maurice and Denise like all four of them like they were my favorite part about trio because they made my experience like like such a good memory and not just memory but a good like a good connection I, I I have these relationships I think forever um and some good memories that stand out well that time after taking my exam and being welcomed by these cupcakes like super kind and yeah. super like so homey um we went to go visit um some schools one time on you know these graduate school trips and those were so fun we went to a couple in utah we went to one in utah and then went to one on um in oregon and it was so fun to just hang out with um the advisors um outside of like the the office it was just fun to to see that and um, some other of my favorite memories were I got to work for them as a, a trio tutor and mentor. Mm-hmm. Oh, you um, said that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so both at the high school and undergrad level, and both of them were just super good experiences to be able to give back a little bit to the program that's done so much to me and to really like invest in students. And I don't know if, if not just, you know, help them out with their academic stuff, but also like hopefully sneak in a little bit of like personal motivation like hey you can do this like it, I don't know I, I I like those memories a lot too absolutely as we said at the top of the program you graduated from ISU can you talk to us about the moment you graduated from college what was your family's reaction to that yeah um like I previously mentioned like I think it's always like the same little 
like oh my gosh like mom comes tears flowers dad huge grin siblings super like hyped um and that was what college graduation was like um but it was also super good and I feel like not that it wasn't meaningful for me but I was like okay like this is big like I wanted to be present like this is big I'm the first one in my family to do this Mm -hmm. but also I was like there's one more coming though I'm like there's there's one more coming and as special as this is like I don't I I didn't cry like I didn't cry I I should maybe I should have but like um but what I did feel was I felt super loved not just by my family but I had so many people come like and say a lot of really kind things and I think it made me realize like oh hey like the way you're living your life the way you're treating people um is having an impact and Mm -hmm. so like now that I'm faced with these new environments I'm like hey no be yourself be yourself because people like that people like who you are and and if they don't then too bad like darn but um yeah I felt a lot of love that day and I was like no I'm gonna be myself like that's who I am and so it was it was good a good good day absolutely as we touched earlier on the program you are currently studying at the school of dentistry for Crichton University can you talk to us about that process was it difficult yeah um so the program that I'm in right now I'm in dental school because of a program that Idaho has. It's called the Idaho Dental Education Program. Oh, wow. And so, yes, in the state of Idaho, we have no, like, official dental school building or anything. And so a couple years ago, um, like 40, I went over this in history class the other day, like 40 years ago, um, the state of Idaho came to an agreement with this university, Creighton, in um, Omaha, Nebraska, that every class that Creighton lets in eight seats are going to be specifically for Idaho residents. Wow. And um, yeah, Idaho pays a big scholarship, a big chunk of that tuition to allow um, us like a more affordable dental education. And so as part of that, the eight Idaho residents do their first year in Idaho, actually in Pocatello where ISU is at. So I got to spend another year at ISU, which was like a gift. I feel like to me, it was um, so good to have that support. Um And so, yeah, now I moved down here for the last three years of that four-year program. And was it difficult? Yeah, it's been, it's been hard. I mean, the material is, is hard. It's a lot of information at once. Um, The new environment, the expectations of like, oh yeah, you've never done this before. Um, You'll like almost like self-learning. I feel like that's a lot of graduate school. You have to learn on your own. Um, Yes, you have people to guide you, but like you have to be brave and Um, Mm -hmm. the hardest part of dentistry thus far I think has been um, you know you have a lot of these graduate programs where it's a lot of like intellectual stuff like theories and stuff like that and yes we had lecture heavy years in dental school but from the first semester we start developing our hand skills because we need to be good with our hands that's how we do our work and so that was something that was an adjustment and I remember being like why am I not good at this right now like being so frustrated at myself and honestly, yeah, lots of tears were shed that first semester. I was just like, why am I not good enough? Like, mm. why am I not? Yeah, really, really hard to take in mentally of like, you need to be patient with yourself. And um, yeah, just continuing to like really try to hone that message in my head. Like it's called a practice, a dental practice for a reason, because it's going to take years for you to get good, to get mm-hmm. better, to get faster, to get more efficient. Like, so 
in ways I'm like, oh, I'm glad I chose this career. But in other ways, I'm like, man, like I chose this career that's going to take a hot minute to really see my improvement. Like, absolutely. Like, um, yeah, it's been hard, but it's been good too. What are you hoping to do after you graduate from dental school? Kind of a redundant question, but really looking at what are you looking to professionally do? Yeah. Well, the goal is to, um, if I, we have rotations in the last couple years of dental school, we get to do some like specialty rotations, like go through pediatrics. So like working with kids or orthodontics, braces or um, things like that. And if I really like one of those rotations, I would be willing to do a, a specialty residency in that. So that would be a couple more years of education in I don't know where, but if I don't, then I at least want to do one year of general, like a general residency. Um, Right now I'm looking into just seeing where the best options are. There's actually a really good one back in Pocatello. So maybe I'll go back to Pocatello for another year if given the opportunity. Um, But that's the goal is to, to do that um, and then get more experience with different cases and then go on and, so I guess this will go on into maybe the next question. <laughs> it definitely you you've already it's it's transitioned wonderfully already. So you you've really had quite the journey. Yeah, no, it's oh, it's been so long. But again, I'm like it used to be eight years. Now it's only three. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 cutting down pretty quickly. I mean, where you once started with eight years, it's now down to three. Uh, so what do you see yourself doing maybe five to ten years from now? Yeah, man. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I always feel older than I actually am. I'll be, I'll be 23 in like half a month. And I'm like, oh, I feel older than that. Mm. Um, But in five to 10 years. So, well, hopefully in five years, I'll have, you know, have finished my residency. And um, I want to work as an associate for a couple of years. Yeah. Um. So under someone else that's been more experienced in the field and can teach me, maybe help me in difficult cases and work in their office with them. And then in 10 years, I'll be 33. So it's wild. But um, I think I would like <laughs> the eventual goal is to open up my own clinic. Um, oh, that would be and, nice. Yeah. Yes. And I was really afraid to even like say that out on the podcast. I'm like, oh, no, like, but like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I, for a while I was scared. I, that was kind of a goal for a long time, but then I got into dental school and I was like, oh, maybe I can't do that. Maybe I doubted myself a lot in that ability. But most recently I was like, why not me? I was like, I didn't know how to get into dental school. And I learned, I didn't know how to do these things. And I learned, I think the part that was scaring me a lot was like, I don't know anything about business or money or investing or things like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'll learn. Like, right. I came to that like conclusion, like a couple, actually just like maybe two months ago, I was like, I can't be afraid. I'm like, I will learn how to run a clinic if that's what I want to do. Um, there's literally nothing stopping me. I'm like, and so that's the goal one day, hopefully is to build. And I, I want to open up my own clinic because I think the culture I want to really cultivate is going to be so unique that it would be hard for me to take over an already existing clinic. That's what a lot of people do is they, they buy clinics from other dentists that are retiring. But I feel mm. like what I want to build is so unique to me and maybe what I want to do that I think I need to start from scratch. But I, I, I'm aware that it's going to take a couple of years and I want experience from people that know what they're doing. And I'm not afraid. Again, thank you, mom and dad. I'm not afraid to ask for help anymore. So, yeah. What is one word you would use to describe yourself? Oh, that's hard. One word. <laughs> oh, man. 
That's hard. One word. Hmm. I I think maybe I would use the word willing, like willing. Willing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We found the title of your podcast, Willing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, willing to to learn, willing to to try, willing to a lot of things. And I think that's what determines a lot of what happens to us in life is our willingness to be open to it and, and things like that. So. That's awesome. What advice do you have for trio students thinking about going to college or are they are already in college? Mm -hmm. I would say don't be afraid to dream big. Like the only thing putting limits here is if yourself on yourself, like learn to just own your dreams and, and also learn to be humble and be like, I'm not going to be able to do this by myself. I have to find people that are going to help me. So yeah, just be aware of those two things. Are there any recognitions or shout outs you would like to give on the podcast? Oh, the list is so long. Don't worry. We're not going to play you out of music. You're going to like take your time recognizing people. <laughs> well, first and foremost, my parents are probably not going to listen. They don't do podcasts. Like, I feel like they're always like, oh, like. <laughs> but if it's about you, they're going to listen. Maybe, maybe. So first, yeah, my mom and dad, like 100%, like everything that I've been able to to do and like encouraged to do. Um, another word, encourage. I like that word, encourage to do. Um, it's because of my parents, their belief in me and like their desire for me to want to do well. Um, my sister, Crystal, oh my goodness, I would not be mentally stable, I think, without her in my life. She is such, and she's younger than me. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like, isn't it supposed to be the other way around? But no, she has been so good at like supporting me and encouraging me in my life. And she's awesome. Um, and then I would recognize all those high school teachers um, elementary teachers, you know, Mrs. Atwood, Mrs. Jones, in high school, Miss Alvarez, Miss Bedwell, like these teachers that believed in me and encouraged me at a young age. And then in college, like all my trio assist advisors, like Denise, Rena Lynn, Maurice, Juanita, like my research advisors, Dr. Marion, Dr. Pradhan, Dr. Servi. Um, oh, there are so many people um in my life that I need to, and, and I'm probably I'm missing them like all oh, my, my communities back home like my church my home parish like St. Bernard's like thank you like for teaching me um the people that I like you know showing me the people that I care about a lot like um yeah I love them and so yeah wonderful if you had a podcast what topics would you talk about oh I ah it's tough I would talk about <laughs> everything from like you know school and like you know some advising on like school like hey like you don't need to be from a certain background or things like that to like be good at school like it's all been like in the mental the mindset like absolutely and yeah. for help the proper help so providing that some some of that you know practical help of like how do you take tests things like that like the academic side because it's been such a big part of my life but also I think I would talk about like how do you keep sane in life how do you find a balanced life. I feel like I've done a decent job, even though school is going to pick up and I'm probably just going to disappear into my books and like labs. Like I think overall, like, I don't know, just, I like the perspective I have on life and I'm really grateful for the people who have allowed me to develop that, the mentors. And so I think I talk about, I think I would talk about like mental stuff, like mental, mm -hmm. mental health and like 
um, not mental stuff, mental health, <laughs> mental stuff. Yes. <laughs> and like wellness, a lot of wellness things. Absolutely. It's important. Um, yes. Just the balance of those together. Wonderful. So I got to tell you, Jocelyn, um, just getting, getting a little bit, uh, personal and, and a little vulnerability. Uh, my dad passed away last year and before he did, he knew that I started this podcast and I promise you, you tell your parents, Hey, I'm in this podcast. They're going to listen to it. My dad, uh, he's, he, he promised me, he told me I've listened to every single podcast you've published. I'm like, are you serious? This is before he passed away, but he's, he's been listening. So just know, um, with your parents, they'd be more than happy to listen to your podcast. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to ring it up. I'm going to ring it up to them. Absolutely. So are there any books, movies, podcasts, TV shows, music that you would recommend to the audience? Oof. Um, okay. Books. Oh, the kite runner. The kite runner. Who, yes. By Khalid Hussein. I can't remember. I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but, um, it's a great book. It has to do with like an immigrant family actually from, I think it's Afghanistan. If I'm, I'm correct um and oh a beautiful beautiful book um I I was trying to pick what books I wanted to bring with me to Omaha and what books I was going to leave at home mm -hmm. and that was one of the books I brought I was like absolutely I Wonderful. was like it's it's so good um any podcasts all oh, right now I'm listening to um it's a Spanish one it's called La Magia del Caos um, so Ooh. the magic of the chaos. It's by mm -hmm. um, Aislinn de del Riz, like um, Eugenio Teresa's daughter. And so she does this podcast and talks a lot about like these wellness things or talks about like a lot of, I don't know, just really good topics that you might not hear. Um, and then movies. Mm, movies. I feel like I'm not a huge movie person. I like watching movies for like, like fun, like social things, but... TV shows and movies. I mean, my K-dramas, I love K-dramas, but I have a whole list on those. <laughs> <laughs> but you should just give them a try. K-drama, yeah. I'm going to give the podcast a try. I'm going to also give a little bit of K-drama a, a try as well. So yeah. for the audience, there you go. Uh, Jocelyn's, uh, requ uh, not requirements, but recommendations. Mm-hmm. Jocelyn, it has been a pleasure to have you on this podcast. We should have you on again in two to three years what do you think i would love that we'll see what things are, are going on and also hear about like things going on in your life and yeah i think it would be super fun to be back here again in a couple years wonderful so we have a tradition on the let's talk trio podcast where we have the guests sign off do you care to do the honors yeah of course hello this is jocelyn and I am a graduate of Idaho State University and a proud alum of the TRIO SSS program. I hope that today my story shows that anything is possible when we have a plan and dream big and execute it with the correct help. So don't be afraid to dream what you want to dream and seek those connections waiting to be found. And remember, TRIO works. Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk TRIO. We want to get your story to the public. That was our guest, Jocelyn Castillo, 
Idaho State University TRIO Student Support Services Program alum. Thank you for being on the podcast and for sharing your TRIO story. Remember, if you would like to be on the Let's Talk TRIO podcast or know a staff, advocate, participant, or alumni, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Again, a huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Vialpando, Dr. Jamie Motley, Dr. Ryan Barone, Angelica Valdez, Rosario Riley, TrioJobList.com, Jaded Electronics, Nosotros Education Center, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. You too can be a sponsor of Let's Talk Trio podcast in one of three ways. Become a monthly patron on Patreon. Our base patron level starts at a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. Become a corporate sponsor via Patreon by placing an ad on this podcast. For $100 a month, we will run your ad for every episode we publish in this sponsored month. You can become a supporter with a one-time donation to the podcast PayPal account. That business handle is at Let's Talk Trio. Again, the business handle is at Let's Talk Trio. I'd like to take a moment to thank our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast, Roderick Chambers, Tony Ho, Scott Kendall, and Susan Cramp. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, audio engineer, music producer and composer, and post-production editor. Amelia Castañeda, script supervisor, marketing manager, social media manager, and producer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. This episode was recorded Friday, May 19th, 2023. Remember that your right to vote is the most crucial part of our democracy. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode.